Comic Book Club News gives you the comic book news you need to know first thing in the morning every weekday in the form of digestible three to five minute long podcasts. Comic Book Club News recaps breaking news stories from Marvel, DC Comics, and beyond Monday through Friday. New episodes drop 6 a.m. ET in the Comic Book Club News feed so they're ready for you when you're ready for the day. Comic Book Club News. You hear it second or third, possibly fourth. Welcome, Star Guys and Star Girls, to another episode of Star Guys, a podcast about Star Girl on DC Universe and the CW. Hey, y'all! I'm getting a brainwave, but a little one because we're going to be talking about oh, Brainwave Junior today, wow. the wow. latest episode wow. of the show. I'm Alex. I'm Justin, and I am uh, the ghostwriter for all of Alex's intro copies. So, uh, <laughs> I think we all You're really fired. enjoyed that. Yeah, thanks I'm for Pete. that, Justin. You're an excellent line producer. <laughs> That's not what that is. It's weird you wrote for that, that final for yourself. time. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, Pete, who are you? Sucking on a cheesesteak. <laughs> That's a different podcast. Don't even worry You're about damn that. Damn right it is. So we're going to be talking about as very subtly teased Brainwave Junior, the latest episode of the show. We're going to do a little bit of a recap of what you need to know so far, and then we're going to jump into breaking down this big, epic, gut wrenching uh, episode tough of ass. Star Emotional roller coaster. I'll tell yeah. you what, not to spoil anything, I got a little choked up by the end of this I episode. Cried. I was I, I was getting teared up um just seeing them all fight. I was like it was like, yes, mm-hmm. they're doing it. Um, yeah. it's great. I was surprised. I was very surprised how emotional this was. This episode was written by James Dale Robinson, who is the major figure behind Starman the comic books. He also wrote the Wildcat episode, which I believe was the fourth episode of the season, which I think we all thought was pretty excellent as well. So he's clearly showing his chops already, so that's pretty exciting. But Here's what you need to know. Courtney Whitmore has moved to Blue Valley, Nebraska and taken on the identity of Stargirl using the staff that she thinks was given to her by a deceased father, Starman, the cosmic staff. She doesn't know that for sure. All she knows is that her dad is missing, left her mom, Barbara, and only visited them once a year. Yes, I was about to actually mention the Christmas present. Uh, she had a Christmas present for I him. I cannot she... believe that shit. I can't yeah. believe Come that on. shit. Come on. <laughs> Open the fucking present already. It's and a present. Somebody go feed that owl. This yeah. show's crazy. <laughs> I got to say, Pete, your concerns seem crazy and ridiculous, but maybe you actually get it. Yeah. What if the owl is inside the present? Oh, man. Ooh, that'd be a fun reveal. Yeah, big twist. So she has a Christmas present that she wanted to give to her dad. That's, by the way, not to spend too much time on this, kind of why it doesn't matter is, like, she's the one that put together the present. It's not a present from him that we need to find out. No, I think it was a present from him, wasn't it? No, it's a present from her to him that she never got to give to him. Oh. That'd be crazy if it had his name on it, his his driver's license, and it said, I'm Starman. On it. <laughs> uh, so that would that would say that would reveal like, hey, I'm your father, you know, someday uh, look out for my staff. Mm-hmm. 
Gross thing to put on a driver's license, I'll tell you what. So she married oh, a guy named her. Pat Dugan, who has a son of his own named Mikey. Mikey likes to eat stuff. Uh, he uh, is Mikey little, likes it. Mikey likes it. He is a little jealous of Courtney and his her relationship with his dad because his dad was a sidekick back in the day named Stripesy. He tagged around with a couple of different teams, most notably the Justice Society of America. Now, the Justice Society of America identities have been taken on by a bunch of kids in the Blue Valley area. We got Rick Tyler, who has taken on the identity of Our Man. Yolanda Montez, who is uh, taking on the identity of Wildcat. Justin, you have a question? Nope, I'm just blocking the wind from getting into the microphone. It seems oh, like okay. he has a question. All right, if you have a question, just raise one finger like Pete does. Just like I that. don't raise my hand. I yell my question, and that's what got me the education <laughs> that brought me here. This oh, boy. Uh, who else? We got Beth Chapel, who is Dr. Midnight, and they formed their own team. Now, there was a bit of a tiff the last episode because Courtney wanted to bring another member into the fold. Henry King Jr., a.k.a. Oh Brainwave Jr. Yes, he King. is a controversial figure, not only because he is the son of a supervillain, Brainwave, who has been in a coma for several episodes at this point, put there accidentally by Courtney, but also because he sent out nudes of his then-girlfriend, Yolanda Montez, so she's, ha- she's having yeah. none of it. She's pretty upset about As it. As she should. Also an ex of Henry's is Cindy Berman, a.k.a. Shiv, uh, who is a supervillain in her right, or uh, she wants to be a supervillain. She wants to be part of the Justice Society of America. She is the daughter of Dragon King, a crazy biological terrorist who is teaming up with the ISA, not an official member of the ISA. Very important to talk about the rosters and where everybody lies there. Uh, but he has a lair underneath Blue Valley. Uh, the ISA members, you probably need to know about this episode as well, are Icicle, a.k.a. Jordan Ma Kent. Jordan is Barbara, Courtney's mom's boss at Project mm. New America, a.k.a. the American Dream. He has And potential ver- suitor. I mean, uh, stop. Yeah. No, stop. We, we got to get into this, this episode. We gotta um, talk about it. No, uh, his he's got two creepy Norwegian parents yep. who are clearly very evil, and a son named very Cameron who evil. doesn't turn up this episode, but who is awful sweet on Courtney, even though Courtney is now suspicious of him. Uh, what else do you need to know? Oh, banana splits are a type of Sunday. You take a <laughs> banana, you cut it in half, put usually three scoops of ice cream and a bunch of toppings on it. They are Ooh. overrated and pretty gross. What? That's 100% accurate. No. Um, one other thing, there's a, I think this is a Chekhov, um, famed uh, playwright Chekhov said, if you introduce a chocolate volcano in an episode, at some yeah. point later in the season, it will have to go off. Mm. And, and if you introduce chocolate uh, early in an episode, you have to follow it up with banana split later. Well, the banana split was at the beginning of the episode, so I think he was wrong about that. Not you, Pete. You're correct. Not you, Pete. You get it, Pete. Chekhov is yeah. wrong. Yeah. And you know what? Chekhov better check. check himself. Oh, you. Okay, you got to it first. All right. Let's <laughs> jump in. Wow. Oh, shit. I go, wrote that, too. But I gave uh, it now to Now, let's Pete. get into the episode. As you hinted at, Justin, as you have teased, we've had a bit of a disagreement here on the podcast whether you are team Pabra, pa- mm-hmm. Barbara, Barbara, team Parbra, Barbara, or team Jarbra. <laughs> oh my God. Mm. And I think, Justin, you're, you're pretty firmly team Jarbra. And Pete, you are pretty firmly team Parbra. Yeah. 
this episode starts off with the first meeting of yeah, Pat I'd like and Barbara. To, uh, I'd like to just talk about, you know, Justin has been shitting on Pat and Barbara because he's talking about no chemistry, they're all business. But what he doesn't really understand is sometimes when you're in a relationship and there's children and you're working full-time jobs, you know, you, you get you do little check-in moments. It's not always the the beautiful romantic thing that you would like to Wait see. Wait a on second, television. Pete. Hold on. So, you're telling me I married with children and work? Don't understand how that works. Yeah, but we're <laughs> talking about television off. relationships, which I know more about than actual relationships. So we're talking about television show. So back the fuck up a little bit. Um, yeah, you got so, your PhD from Netflix University, right? That's right. Exactly. In TV right. relationships. So we finally got to see the sizzle. The uh, can I just interrupt for a second, Pete? I just want to know that feeling when you went up on the stage during graduation and they handed you that red envelope. How did it feel? It felt good. I put in the work. I put in the hours. I've seen all mm-hmm. the stuff. So, you know, it was it was nice to finally get the recognition. Did you send it back to get a new uh, diploma yet? <laughs> no, no. I uh, held on to it. Oh, okay. Kids yeah, how many days. DVDs are you doing you doing at a time, Pete? Seven? You still doing the seven yeah. DVD plan? Yeah, yeah. Nice. Yeah. It's still yeah. working for me. And he's still got seven, actually. It's sitting on top of his DVD plan. He hasn't <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> What's in the uh, box? I want to mention a couple of little Easter eggs here. I don't know if they're always on the movie theater. I feel like they're still showing this movie two years later, but uh, they're playing Strange Adventures, Strange which, Adventures, of course, yeah. is a title from DC Comics. It's currently being run uh, with Tom really King, Mitch Gerards, and Evan Doc Shaner. So that was a fun Great little thing. Comic. And then there's three movie posters outside. Uh, the ones that I saw, there was Prez, G.I. Robot, and the unknown soldier, and I'm not 100 percent sure about the other two, but unknown soldier is definitely a DC Comics character. So was, that was a fun little thing as well. Prez um, also, also D- DC character about a teenager who becomes president. Um, it was an oh, old right. book, yes, and, and it was also featured in um, Neil Gaiman's Sandman um, in like issue 54 or something at the World's End uh, when they're at the World's End pub or whatever tavern. All right. Well, I'm uh, sure GI Robot is something as well then, but wasn't 100% sure about that one. I also want to say great music at the start of the app. The music on the show is fantastic. So let's talk about this Pat Barber date. They're both there doing work, doing their business separately. It's closing time. The diner, as you know, only has one banana split, which is a classic Oof. thing to do. They've used all of their bananas. And Barbara has an idea. She decides they should share. The- well, let's let's not undercut all the romance that was going on. You know, uh, you know, it was this really this moment where they both said banana split at the same time. It was pretty magical. That's enough to build a relationship on. Yeah. That's 100 percent. Because Pete, um, your, your, your girlfriend, what, where did you say at the same time that you built your relationship on? Riverdale? I think we, yes. Well, if you want to be true, yeah. I was going to say we both said large cheese pizza, but okay, yeah. Can I? Can we talk about you. how crazy it is for a waitress to come up and say, hey, it's closing time. Anything you want before we close up? To say banana split? That's insane. Yeah. That is Sometimes too much Sometimes you need work. a nice much banana food. split. What do you... Can I get a cup of coffee to go is a fine thing to ask for. Can I get a scoop of ice cream? Enjoying some ice cream sundaes in the old fashioned way with the banana split style. 
Uh, real quick, before you wrap up, I know you've had a long day on your feet. Can you cut a banana in half, take three scoops of ice cream, put it between it, a couple of cherries, some whipped cream, chocolate sauce, nuts, put it all together in a banana boat, which is a very specific dish that you seem to have at this diner, and give it to yeah, me. You I'm going to really sit here. It. It's going to take me upwards of half an hour to an hour to finish this thing, if I finish it at all. An hour? Jesus, I don't what are you know. doing? It's a lot of ice cream. Three Alex, scoops this is, is the a lot second... of ice cream? Who this are is you? the second t- the second time in the beginning of this podcast when you've dropped the recipe to banana splits. So, <laughs> I don't know what your deal is, but get some potassium in your diet. It's the one thing I know. That is the only uh, thing I have you information about. Mad at you know, it was nice uh, for the waitress to be like, "Hey, you know, we're gonna be closing up soon. Anything I can get?" And they said, "Yeah, banana split." I mean, what's hey, real quick mad? before you close up? Can you get me a Vermonster? Yeah. <laughs> if it's on the menu, what's the deal? Well, do you have an ice cream cookbook open in front of you or what? <laughs> uh, Pete, let me throw this out. I've broken down this scene, and I don't know if you're quite aware of what's happening. Um, they they split a banana split, split, right. break up, ice cream, icicle, Jordan, Ma Kent. There's going to break up, and she's going to be with Icicle. Oh, that's awful. It's all right that there. Really Open your third that eye. Really, that was... It was very butterfly effect of you, another Amy Smart vehicle. But I think that uh, <laughs> you cannot say anything about the the joy and the magic that is this scene. The way they end up together was so organic and beautiful. It can this love cannot be denied. I it, I will say this scene was cute and went a far way towards selling the relationship to me, particularly through Amy Smart. She had this cute little nose crinkle when she thought about uh, Pat sharing the banana split with her. The scene was very adorable. And it, that said, it's immediately followed by the breaking up. So there's not yes. much more to the relationship at that point, I guess. I yep, mean, it's who over. wrote the book of love? I mean, come on. Come on. Um, Come on. Yeah, we get, we get right back into the action, and um, Pat, not great at telling the truth. Uh, both he and Courtney, <laughs> bad at lying, also bad at telling the truth. Yeah, that was this, funny. And then the whole, like, don't start there. Like, what are you doing? That was really fun to see them try to come up with the right way to tell the story. I thought it was kind of adorable, the back and forth that they had. Uh, Justin, it, did you want to karate chop something in half? Is that why you have your hand yep. up like that? Or? <laughs> yep, it's okay. karate. Just yeah, I'm going to chop, I'm gonna chop okay. his laptop in half because of my frustration with um, their relationship. So this does pick up immediately on the end of last week's episode. Barbara came down to the basement. They've been avoiding telling her the truth about Stargirl, about Stripe, about everything that's going on in Blue Valley. Uh, She sees the cosmic staff, as we've mentioned, Courtney, Pat, terrible at telling the truth. He finally says, no, Courtney, I'm going to tell you the truth from the beginning. At which point Barbara gets all the information. She finds out he was stripesy, which she didn't know. Courtney explains that Jordan is Icicle, her boss, or she thinks he's Icicle. And the interesting thing, and I think they actually dialogue this very well, was clearly at this point, Starman is not Courtney's father. But the way yes. that Barbara Wait, does what? it. Hold on. The way that Barbara does it, it could have been a like. I'll, I can't explain that to you right now. Go upstairs. But instead, it felt like it was scripted much more realistically. 
her playing the angry mom, sending Courtney to her room, mostly being upset. More than anything, that Pat lied about her being in a car crash. Yeah. All yeah. seemed very realistically played to me, which I thought was great. I thought that was great, too. The, the car accident moment where she really challenges him on that. He tells the truth, and she's like, man, you injured, you hurt my daughter with whatever this is. You can't even tell me the whole story here. You got to leave. I thought it was it was a great way of taking us from the people we are on the side of are Pat and Courtney at the beginning of this scene and totally flip it. And by the end, I'm like, yeah, Barbara's right. He fucked up. What? I mean, it was a lot at once. I'm not mad at Barb for the decision she made. I mean, she's you know right to be like, you lied to get away from me. I need to think about this. That's sure. But like, I also really like Pat's way of being like, we have to. Tell her in a way that's like considering her and 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 also considering how we dump all this information. Like he had a, a good moment there to be like, no, we should really kind of tell this in a different way instead of just being like, here's everything, you know, like a little bit at a time to try to see if he can make sense. But I agree with Zelvin, like the way she's kind of like she kind of spins a little bit because she's like, you're lying to me. Don't fill my daughter with these lies. Uh, don't put these lies in her head. You know, tell me one thing. It was the accident. Like, that was, I really like the kind of steps that they did with that. Mm-hmm. It, it's in this fantastical world. I really like the way they handed that. I was a little disappointed that nobody was like, just here, let's activate the cosmic staff so she can see it floating and flying around. So it's not just people. But that's not the issue. Things. Her issue, yeah. which I think is very much on the right, is Pat was in Blue Valley originally for purposes other than the purposes he told her. So from right. the very first time they met, which we just see at the beginning of the episode, it seems like everything has been a lie. She doesn't know that anything is true. So. She is very much in the right to say, get out of here. I need to sort through things. I need to get out. I've already been betrayed terribly by one guy in my life. You hurt my daughter and let her get into a situation where she can get hurt. This is bad. Right. But, plus, you know, like, plus she's also like, I got to get this guy out of the house so I can call Icicle. Oh, stop. <laughs> stop that right now. Well, let's jump uh, over a hot to da- a hot date with a cold dude. Let's jump over to Brainway Jr. Uh, This picks up on another cliffhanger from the end of the episode where Brainwave has finally woken up from his coma. And as we kind of expected, classic soap opera trope. He has no memory of Henry after six years old, doesn't know why there's in Nebraska or that his wife has died. And so what we get here with Henry, who has been struggling with, are people good? Are they bad? How should he attempt to go forward in life now that he has these powers. Um, He's wrestling with the fact that his dad seems like a new guy, seems to love him, seems to want to help him with his powers. We also get a little bit of a sense, obviously there's a twist by the end of the episode, but that maybe Icicle killed Henry's mom. Um, And it's, it's pretty sweet. It's interesting to see this perspective on Brainwave in the episode. Also, it was like interesting the way they kind of set up like, oh, your mom was ice cold when we found her. So you're thinking Icicle killed her the whole time. And then yeah, we kind of had that's a little detective work. Lit. Yeah. Uh, and now, I, I oh, just Peter, were, you about to jump into the Mikey scene? Well, wait. But before we get there, you were talking about tropes. And we do in a lot of rom-com scenarios, the trope is this like the – 
man isn't there for, uh, you know, he accidentally does something or lies or, you know, like the premise of why he is in the relationship is not true. It's false. It's, it's a, it's a sham, but then the love becomes real and that's supposed to kind of overpower everything. Wow. Dr. Dr. Love, um, has spoken about the romantic world of television. Um, we do get this okay. Christmas present scene before we get to Mikey. Um, oh, right. Yeah. Uh, let's not forget yes. about that. So she has this president, present, and Pete has talked about this present from the beginning of this podcast as, to the point where I was like, that's not a big thing. Why do you keep bringing it up? <laughs> and yeah, I got to say, I cannot believe that it was actually in this episode. Yeah. I mean, it sort of feels like to jump ahead, we're probably going to see Courtney's dad next episode. I think she's going to give it to him, and I think he's going to open it, and it's going to be like moldy cheese or something. Yeah, that's going to be one. That's an old cruller, if I have to guess. (laughs) Well, you know, if it's one of those smelly cheeses, they're supposed to age and stuff, so maybe it'd be perfect by the time he opens it, you know? Yeah. So we do get Mikey uh, seeing he's talking to his dad, Patty. He's like, hey, buddy, what are you doing? Hey, what's going on? You moving out of here? Oh, who's hey, gonna I pay got the my uh, high stakes poker game tonight, but I'll take a break to talk to my dear old dad. Uh, <laughs> hey, he actually comes come out on. and says, everything okay with Bob? Uh, don't get all shaky on my big guy. I'll go pack a bag. <laughs> that was... <laughs> I'll pick up you. some brewskis on the way. What do you think, bud? Fuck, fuck you, because that was really nice. Pat had a moment where he was like, I love you, Mikey. And he was like, hey, come on. Don't get all fucking mushy on me, Dad. It was a beautiful fucking moment. <laughs> you, Mikey even you knows with a rubber Italian. hose. Yeah. Hey, pasta fangul. Uh, what did you think about his shirt, Pete? He was wearing yeah, a shirt. Pizza shark. I mean, come on. It's a shark. Is that a thing? With, with uh, you know, pizza for uh, teeth. It's, it's mm-hmm. great. Pizza for teeth. It's funny shirt. Postagio. Here's the thing. <laughs> Here's my prediction. Next episode, without with no fanfare, Mikey will be the dad and Pat will be the child. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think next episode, Mikey will be eating pizza. Yeah. Pat, you're grounded. Go to your room. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about, Mikey? I'm the dad. You're the son. Give me a cigar. Okay, but great, it's going to be a bunch be a of Twizzlers. Dad. I tied them together. I, I do the candy stuff now. Uh, <laughs> back to the hospital. Brainwave is having a nightmare about his wife, something about Jordan and Starman in the last day, uh, at which point Jordan shows up at the hospital. As Junior uh, is back home, he finds a tape. Day 3,233. These are all the tapes that... Uh, VHS tapes, mind you, that Brainwave has been putting together. A lot of VHS tapes. A lot of VHS tapes. Uh, It is all about his wife, Mary, dying. Now, this is something also direct for the comics, though there's a little bit of tweaks to it. Uh, He calls Mary the girl of a thousand gimmicks. This is her full name is Meredith Creamer. And she was the adoptive sister and sidekick of Star Spangled Kid in the comics. In the comics, she didn't know that Brainwave was a bad guy until they get married. They had their son, Brainwave Jr. She found out later, and it was a whole big thing. Um, but here we... It seems like she knows up front, right? Like, they encountered each yeah. other during a bank robbery and loved each other anyway. Yeah, sweet. Yeah, I thought it was uh, cool how sort of 
chill they were with these details. Like they referenced, they gave us enough details to know that it was a, they were comic book heroes. They were, uh, they were the comic book characters rather. And that it was a hero and a villain having like their own meet cute, but not enough where they mm-hmm. had to like tell the whole story. I also uh, really liked how it was this thing of like brainwave talking about how every time he reads somebody's thoughts, it's horrible and people are shitty. But um, Mary was so, uh, uh, you know, like her thoughts literally stopped him in his track in the middle of a bank robbery. I I think that's kind of cool. And then we get the uh, really sad line where he explains that she never forgave Brainwave for killing her brother. She died herself. And he said, there are no more good thoughts to be found. Oof. Very sad. Uh, Then we get a kind of fascinating thing that we've, again, talked about a bit on the podcast, but I'm curious to get your guys' take on. The staff, of its own volition, creeps up on Courtney while she sleeps. She says, no, go back to your crate. Uh, the staff takes a look at pictures of the ISA. Yeah, the staff Icicle. does some research. Yeah. Can it see? Does it have an eye in the front? Uh, what is going on so. with this staff? Like, I, this feels like a mystery they're not going to reveal until the season finale, if not season two. But what do you think's going on with it? I got to think that it's the soul of a hero. Starman, uh, perhaps, is trapped in the staff or... It has too much sentience and sort of extra sensory ability to just be the cosmic power or whatever. I think it's the ghost of an old-timey detective because it's like once you go to that murder board and the staff is like, okay, I see what's going on. This is familiar to me. And then it goes and attacks just like the, you know an old-timey detective would do. <laughs> sure, could be. Two theories uh, right there. Yeah. Uh, I guess we'll see what happens. Uh, But then the staff goes directly for Jordan and Brainwave. Jordan explains that the machine is almost finished. Um, And, uh, oh, there we go. Uh, Yeah, so Henry wants to know about Stargirl, at which point the staff attacks, but it can't hurt Brainwave. He's too strong. We actually see him, I think, with more power than we saw him with originally, which is kind of fascinating. Uh, Icicle grabs the staff and freezes it. That was That was cool. That was very cool. Uh, Says you're not much without your master, are you? And Junior sees the whole thing and hides. Uh, Brainway leaves with high school. It's clear to me, I think, that he senses his son but leaves him there. Because that was the thing that sealed the deal to me, that he's not a great guy, but at least he is a better guy than when we first met him. Oh, that's interesting, because I think it was like he sensed something, but then Brainway Jr. blocked him. And so he kind of didn't get anything. So, and after his coma, his powers are on the fritz a little bit, so he wasn't sure about what's going on. Yeah, I don't think he sensed him. Uh, Well, okay. Uh, The next morning, that sounded much more dismissive than I meant it to. Uh, Next morning, (laughs) Gray finds the staff missing. Barbara doesn't know where it is. Barbara explains she wants to leave Blue Valley and Pat. Barbara also says Starman was not her father and tells her to start packing. She'll be back in an hour. Now, as somebody who just moved in Brooklyn versus from Nebraska to Los Angeles, the idea that she was like, I'll be back in an hour, be finished packing sounds insane to me. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. I I guess though teenagers have less furniture than adults. Sure. And also, you're going into work for an hour? That's kind of weird. I'm just going to go in, tell everybody I'm going to move, and then I'm leaving. So now, Pete, what did you think of Barbara in this moment? Because I think 
she's pretty harsh just across the board here. And you are the biggest uh, smart head on the, yeah. on the podcast. What did you think mm-hmm. here? Well, you've got to understand, uh, Barb's life just got turned upside down. So she is reeling and is trying to make some decisions, maybe not in the best headspace, and is kind of just shutting things down. And for some reason, she's not willing to admit that Joel McHale is her dad, which I don't know why we're fighting so hard, but hopefully that will be actual, And again, it's, this is the actual Joel McHale, as we established yeah. on a previous yeah. podcast. So, yes. I, yeah, I'm I'm a, I'm a little surprised at Barb, but I didn't lose faith in Barb because Barb's wits saved the day. Hmm. Uh, Starman's not her father, Pete. Yeah. Like that's pretty clearly established. I mean, by she, why, e- she why are emails. we going down this road for so long if it's not going to be? She him? looks at a picture of Starman who doesn't have a mask. And says, that's not your dad. And then later she emails, she her, really she look, emails Courtney's dad, who then yeah, emails her back s- later. Yeah, but we don't, we don't know what the reply is. So You think the email is going to be like an automatic reply that says, hey, sorry I can't answer your email. I'm Starman and I'm, de- I'm dead. Also, when <laughs> I'll you- be out of the office. If you have any correspondence you need responded to, please send it to our man. Barbara At didn't JSA take time to actually is. consider that it could be him because just the thought of Starman being that man just doesn't compute in her head. So she's not really seeing that little picture real quick. No uh, she's way. She's just making quick decisions. And, uh, you know, she has the locket with – she believes so hard it's convinced me. Yeah. There is uh, a big difference. I mean, I guess he could have been wearing glasses or something, right? Like it could yeah. be a Superman thing. Yeah. And Come she's on. A it's not going to be the whole idiot. crux of this. This is what's going to happen. Courtney's whole thing or has been maybe. her belief. Her her belief in her powers is based on the fact that she thinks she has inherited this from her father. She's going to find out that her father is some rando um, no. named Sam. And that's going to shatter her confidence. And then only later will she learn that she was the hero all along. Oh, no, yeah. it's not going to happen. No. <laughs> crazy uh let's see uh so uh, well first mikey, we get mikey sleeping in the car and maybe right. i imagine this but i imagine when he sleeps a feather shoots up and down uh above <laughs> yeah. his mouth like a like a mickey mouse uh type yeah 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 the only way of waking or up it's is like a, up a hot pie on a windowsill yeah and he just yeah. floats out over yeah, he definitely like a Pepe little piece of cotton candy goes up and down you know mm-hmm. and he's, he uh, makes so a noise like this exactly yeah uh courtney bags on the door you know what the show needs actually the show needs three bikies that's what it needs yeah what it needs two other Mikeys, like a shorter Mikey and a much taller Mikey, and they could all get into shenanigans together. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, you know, that's the thing. You want more Mikey, but if you got too much, it, you, would, you wouldn't like it anymore. So you got to keep it right you, is it is. It's too much and you wouldn't like it? Uh, yeah, yeah, the three exactly. characters are Mikey, Bikey, and Big Tykey. <laughs> Pete, I honestly, I can guarantee the first time regular Mikey says, all right, you knuckleheads, you're going to lose your mind. You're going to love yeah. it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, it, just this next moment where we get Pat saying losing your mother will hurt, will hurt forever, like some real oh, melodrama. Dude, coming that out was Pat. just 
But the fact that he was willing to sacrifice for her happiness says that that's his her their true love. That's real. He would do that for a, the banana split too. Like he's just that puppy. He's dog. that kind of guy. He cares that much, and he cares deeply about people. But and if he cares splits. for if he cares for everything equally, then what's the point of being in love? Fuck you. <laughs> Barb deserves to be loved that way. So don't fucking try to take that away from her. I'm not taking it away from her. She's got the, the, an icicle hot on the case with two fucked up parents who are always speaking in yeah, code. I like how those parents ruined his chance. It's yeah. made me so happy. Um, before we get to that, though, um, I did want to say Justin. we get the Mikey and Courtney scene here. Yes, oh, where Mikey yeah. is like, I know you're not my sister, so you don't care about me and storms out. No, no, that's not what he said. He was like, family is supposed to not keep secrets. Brother and sister got to tell each other the truth. Yeah, wait, I think I, I have thought it. it was a beautiful moment. It was. Mikey again bringing it, leading with the feels. He's not eating anything. He's not making jokes, you pieces of shit. He's You're fucking right. coming with the real stuff. Here, I think I actually have the line here. I think he said, brothers and sisters are supposed to trust each other. I could have been somebody. Could have been a contender to be <laughs> no, your brother. No, I, think, I think you're thinking. And then there's a guy in the else. background playing an old like Italian accordion. There's <laughs> yeah. uh, there's a, uh, someone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He was. It was weird because they were at the shop and they were standing up, but he was still eating a big plate of spaghetti at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know how the they did that. The effects on the said, show are very good. They put one of ours in the hospital. We put one of theirs in the morgue. <laughs> yeah. My main thing I'm worried about with season two, because they're going from DC Universe to the CW, is will they have uh, money in the budget for Mikey's food? Like, are they going to have to cut that? I think that's the thing everybody's worrying about. I'm worrying about that. Well, too. will they have the money for Mikey's accent is where my concern is, because that shit's <laughs> expensive. It's certainly taxing. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> Junior, at that point, sees Courtney... Calls Courtney with his brain. He uses her brain to download all the info into her. He doesn't know exactly what's going on. Yeah, uh, that was but, a crazy kind of use of the power there. Uh, but they realize because his Wait, sorry, mom, Justin wants to take a selfie. Let's just uh, get, let, give him a chance there. <laughs> no, he's taking a picture of the sunset. Oh, oh okay. sweet. Very nice. Cool. Uh, so he... Uh, uh, what was I saying? Oh, they discover that they're cousins, or at least Courtney thinks they're cousins. Uh, so Henry and Courtney decide to team up to take down Jordan. Meanwhile, Barbara is packing up stuff. She sees a pic of Pat and Mikey that look like they took it for their sitcom <laughs> or maybe their that picture's comedy routine. <laughs> that picture is phenomenal. I don't know what it's you're talking about. It's the two of them back to back against a white, absolutely blank background. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> They're like, what, us uh, in the studio? Come on. Man, I'm sorry. We needed something for the Chuckle Hut. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we had a gig. We were there for three nights. Yo, Dad, come on. We got to do this father-son stand-up competition. Uh, <laughs> obviously, I'm the father. You're the son. I, Let's do this. I don't care what you guys okay, say. Okay, whatever picture, you want, Mikey. Let's do it. Pi- that picture really captures them in a nice, sweet way. And I think it's beautiful that Barb has it on her desk. Fuck both of you. Yeah. Hey, have you ever tried that airplane food? Uh, interesting <laughs> things about that that I want to talk about. Shut up, dummy. Uh, this is a ventriloquist act, and you're a dummy that sits on my lap. <laughs> All right. Whatever. So uh, Barbara at that point decides to... This is where we get a turn with her in the episode. She decides to email Sam Curtis... 
Yeah, because she, she starts Courtney, doing some Googling, starts, starts doing to, her own research, figuring shit out. And uh, I like this. I mean, it's kind of ridiculous yes. for her to Google star bad <laughs> straight yes. up. But I appreciated the fact that they weren't undervaluing her intelligence. It would have been very easy to just make her angry, make her yep. leave town, have her see some superhero stuff and change her mind to be like, well, you are heroes after all. But having her make the decision to ask questions about things, be inquisitive, push forward, seem consistent with what we've seen about our characters so far. And I like the fact that they push forward with that with her, as we see very shortly, recording Jordan's parents, translating it, like not taking boss. everything. Like that a was boss. Good. Uh, I, I thought it was all good. Like yeah. their relationship was very much jumping ahead, but the relationship with Pat and Barbara isn't repaired. There's still some work they need to do, but she, they allow her as a show to make the right moves there. Hell yeah. yeah. I agree. I thought it was good. That shit was unbelievable because those fucking creepy parents are going on and on and we're all wondering what's, what they're fucking saying. So I'm so it's crazy that, that It's crazy that she was able to crack their secret code, the Norwegian language. Yeah, <laughs> the ultimate encryption is speaking a but Nordic. It sounds creepy when they talk. It sounds racist and creepy. <laughs> P, I would like racist? to introduce you to the, the Nordic in. countries because it's fucked up of you to say that. Okay, all right, my bad. I went to Norway on vacation once, and I just uh, the entire week I ran around saying, "You're all racist. You sound racist." <laughs> and I got to say, Alex, that is the most super villainous thing you've ever done is gone to Norway <laughs> on vacation. Yes. Yeah. That's true. I can't talk about what I did there. So at back at school, uh, Courtney takes. Henry over to the new JSA. Oh, man. Rick is super pissed. Everybody's pissed that she yeah. gave away their identities. Immediately, Rick and Henry go toe-to-toe, and Henry brain throws his tray on him. Oh, his, he puddinged his hoodie. Yeah. He did. Yolanda threatens worst. Henry. Beth, on the other hand, is like, come on, guys, we got to do this for Courtney. Uh, and big Beth move. saving the day. Yeah. That was huge the way she stepped up. That was unbelievable. It was going to be a complete split. Everybody go their own separate way. Beth a banana split. Real- oh, Beth realizing she would could steer things in the right direction, do the right thing, and she did. And I like also that Yolanda's move here was saying, listen, I will do this, but we're not friends anymore. Yeah, I thought yeah. that was a great line. Yeah. Put a little line in the sand, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, at which point we get the scene that we talked about earlier. Pat comes to Barbara's office. It's super tense as Jordan enters with his parents. Uh, Courtney calls. The JSA is in the tunnels under Blue Valley. Well, let's know before we like Pat is absolutely rocking a flip phone, um, yeah. which is the most <laughs> Pat choice of all. Got to give it up for that very old flip nice. phone. Also crazy how much Icicle spends hanging out with his parents. Yeah, super crazy. I mean, listen, uh, they're not quarantined, so they could be in their family bubble as much as they want, I guess. Great call. Well, I'm just saying, bringing those parents around in the office, I mean, that's just dangerous, you know? I mean, they could get corona anywhere. Yeah, there's clearly something going on with him, and I'm just going to blow past that. Clearly something going on with him, and I think we're going to find out at some point. Either they have superpowers or something, they're drones. I don't know what it is. There's got to be something more with them. Yeah, they're bad. Yes. Uh, so we get uh, the just to continue that scene, as we mentioned, Barbara records the parents on Jordan speaking Norwegian. They go back to the diner where they had their first date uh, and they discover that 
they have a machine, they're ready to use the machine, at which point Pat and Barbara are basically on the same level. Like, Barbara is on Team Stargirl at this point, whether she wants to or not, because she understands that, yes, this is all true, they are in danger, they need to do something, and she seems pretty excited about it, which is cool. Yeah, I thought yeah. that was cool. Uh, back to the tunnels, the JSA is wandering through. They're all in costume, except for Henry. Uh, the midnight glasses <laughs> cut out again. Um, they have to split up. Rick and Beth head off together. Henry, Yolanda, and Courtney head off together. Uh, and so we get two things happening simultaneously. The first thing, which is the smaller thing, but so tense and so well yes, done, is good. Rick immediately comes on Grundy in the oh. cage. And is like, screw this. I'm using yeah. my Iron Man powers. I'm breaking open this cage and I'm going to kill Grundy, which everybody in the audience, like, I was screaming at this point, like, oh my God, yeah. what are you doing? Yeah, I was idea. like, no, this is such a horrible idea. He's yeah. been Hour Man for like 10 minutes. He's yeah. spending a bunch of his actual Hour Man ta- time breaking this door down. Oh, Salvin Grundy no. would have torn him into pieces. But, but it's like the more. I was like frustrated. I was like, man, how hard is it to get this open? But I was like, oh, it makes sense. If you're going to hold Grundy, this freaking cell has got to be so uh, well put together, you know. So it was like part of me was like, how long can it take to get this door open? But I was like, oh, it makes sense. Well, if you want to talk about a checkoff thing, I mean, we've got a ticking time bomb at this point with Grundy's door is partially broken open. It's loose. Yeah, there is no way he's not getting loose before the season finale, and that is going to be havoc in all the right ways. But The Hour Man Grundy fight's going to be awesome. I'm so excited. Yeah. Uh, then we get over to the main thrust of what happens, which is everybody else discovering Brainwave, hook up to Dragon King's machine. Uh, he is going to get his memory back. They're trying to stop that, as well as free Stargirl staff. Courtney's staff is chained up. Uh, and Shiv, very funny, in her door, just looking through a tiny middle, is like, ooh, that bitch is here. Get her. Daddy, let me kill her. <laughs> let me funny. kill her, daddy. daddy. Let me kill her. I want to kill her. I was yeah, like, man, So Shiv. funny. It was great. So really good. well done. Especially when this battle was really good and tense, but also it was like goofy in that it was like all these corpse drones that they're just like savaging. Mm-hmm. I, I've been rewatching Avatar The Last Airbender, which is yes. amazing show. But one, one of, of the favorites. things that I've been struck with this time that I kind of forgot about is it does things like this where it's like in the middle of a really tense action scene, they have a goofy joke that's happening, but the music doesn't die down or anything. They just yeah. blast past it. You laughed and it keeps going and it makes it funnier because of that. And yeah. I feel like this show does that really well as well. Totally. Yeah. Uh, um, so then we get some great Dragon King stuff. He uh, does just a go and sends the drones after them. Oh, yeah. Drones attack, big fight. Everybody's going. Uh, Justin, you you mentioned this at the beginning, but you really like this, just everybody acting together and everybody fighting together. Yeah, I thought it was really well orchestrated. We get um, they, they do a great job on this show, really savings a couple big stunts for every action sequence. In this one, we get Yolanda jumping from pillar to pillar to go get the staff down. Uh, Dragon King, rather than him, like, running around frantically or whatever, is just very calmly walking in the background. Like, there was just so much happening, so much depth in the fight. Really, really well done. I I love the Dragon King with the sword. That shit was badass. That was really cool. A lot of fun fight sequence stuff going on. That was very enjoyable. Yeah, like the big kind of melee was really awesome. 
I will say when we finally saw Dragon King pull his hood down, oh my I thought God. it was going to be more. I thought there was going to be something crazier there. Really? Uh, I think they shot it well. Like the fact that yes, they cut yeah. to it very quickly in a way, it just gave you this flash of horrible snake face versus oh, sitting man. on it, which I thought was nice. But I agree. I thought it was going to be a Medusa thing or something. The way that he built it up what? to Shiv saying, don't make me take off the hood. Yeah. I thought there was some sort of power that was inherent there versus yeah. just terrifying snake man. It's a terrifying yeah. snake man, dude. What are you talking about? It was so honestly, I thought he, it was so great. If he moisturized, he would look pretty much normal. Mm-hmm. What are you Use a little coals or something, you know? Yeah, exactly. Is that right? Or is that a shoe store? I think you mean keels. Keels, yeah. <laughs> oh, I thought <laughs> but you But that's meant- cool, man. It's better yeah. that you don't know that. <laughs> uh, you better get to Coles, the a southern department store, I want to say. <laughs> I mean, he is called the Dragon King. It kind of looked very snaky, but, like, it was just a quick moment, so I just was... Just so happy to see it, you know, like mm-hmm. I didn't want to go too much longer without seeing it. And <laughs> I thought your life. Was, it was You're uh, at the edge of not of yeah. losing it, about not seeing the yeah. dragon. King. I actually I watched the episode with Peter. He's like, oh, baby, I can't wait another moment. Show me that dragon king face. <laughs> it was it was glorious and badass. I thought it was uh, I thought it was really well done. It, the makeup was again. It was timed well. It was directed well. It was acted well. Uh, I just wish it had been made everything explode or something like that. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, like was. something either grosser face or like a weirder power that came out of it. Well, the well, other thing is that that's not the main event. You know, like Dragon King is actually the sub boss here because Brainwave is the main bad guy of this episode. So to have him do something uh, apocalyptic as he took off those hood would have overplayed their hand a little too early because then we get brainwave has his memory back tells his son that I'm going to turn, basically I'm going to turn you to the dark side says it's who you are. It's who you've always been. He says, no forces his dad back with his mind. The whole thing, this whole ending sequence was phenomenal. And as I mentioned, I got completely choked up by the end, which I did not expect at all. Yeah. But the JSA escapes through the tunnels. They're running away. Courtney, our man and Henry are trapped by brainwave. Our man and Henry try to bend the bars. Henry basically throws Courtney through the bars to save her. At which point brainwave and junior fight. The JSA is trapped behind them. Henry appeals to his better nature and he reveals, he says, I know that Jordan, I know that icicle killed mom. And he says, Jordan didn't kill your mother. I did. Man. And, oh. This was so well done, I thought. Yes. It's, yeah. it's the thing that I think was so well done of that is like, no, Luke, it is no, Luke, I am your father. Like, it's the same structure as that scene, but they found a new riff on it that feels like very much its own thing, which is very impressive. See, it's funny you say that. I actually, ha- it reminded me of the, um, uh, Kylo Ren kills Han moment because he Don't was killing. Bring he was, that up. He was what killing because he was killing the good. He killed his wife. He killed the good so it, he could be truly evil. Jesus Christ, man! It's not already emotional enough. You got to bring the fucking <laughs> Han death into it. Holy shit, man! But that wasn't even the thing that got me. The thing that got me is uh, Henry says he'll never stand by his father's side. He throws rocks at him. It does nothing. He says goodbye, son. 
Yeah. And yeah. as Brainwave is pulling the ceiling down at him, him looking back and telling Yolanda and Courtney, first he tells I'm Yolanda, sorry. I am sorry. So, yeah, that was really, oh. That's yes. where I was like, oh, no. <laughs> and then he turned to Courtney and says, you're right. People are good. Don't yep. let this change your mind. Oh. Brainwave brings the roof down on him, and they're destroyed. And Ugh. this, to me, gut-wrenching to moment, this, to me, feels like not to devalue anything, but the thing they've been talking about with Joey Zarek, where they're like, Joey Zarek is our motivator. That's the thing that's going to push us forward. And I think on this podcast, we'd be like, I don't know, he did one magic trick. I mean, he seemed like a nice guy. Yeah. This, to me, feels like this is that emotion that they were going for with the Joey Zarek thing, but executed correctly, yeah. where this really shows them the stakes of what they are dealing with in a very palpable way, and it's awful. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. And also, was, like, the way uh, Brainwave Jr. early in the, like, fight, like, he said he loved his dad. Like, the, he tried everything to, like, slow his dad down to, like, get his dad to really hear that he's wrong. And, like, it wasn't just a, come on, dad. Like, he pulled out all the stops and then kind of realized that he's got to, this is, he's not going to make it out of this. And then kind of tried to correct what he said. Uh, wow, Pete you know, was so excited he, he knocked over his mic. That was pretty impressive. Yeah, yeah. It, I just thought it was really well done and very powerful and really well acted. It was a very moving moment. Yeah. The, the other thing that's kind of impressive about it from an arc perspective is he was introduced as generic high school thug in the first yeah. episode so that that they made us care that much about him by the end here is great. Now, yeah. before we wrap up, though... Do you think he's dead, like legitimately dead, or no. is there a way out still of this Still a comic form? book TV show. Wait, what? What did you say? It's, it's still a comic book TV show. He's not dead. You didn't see him die. We don't see the body. It just, they disappear for a little bit. We don't know On DC Universe, there's an extra couple of seconds, and they pull his severed head out of the rubble, and it's yeah. gruesome. Pretty gory. It's awful. Yeah, it's yeah but... Like, and Chuck says, that dude's fucking dead. 100%. No doubt about it. No coming back. Um, I think he but is dead. I think shop. he is dead, but I think he could become a drone. Mm, interesting. Well, we'll definitely see what happens. Before we wrap up here, who was the star of this episode, just, Justin? Oh, what? what's up, Pete? Something else about Mikey the, or Pat's car? What the fuck you? <laughs> The Beth moment where she was trying to get Rick to stop, you know, like her pulling on Rick and being like, no, no, like that really saved the day. Like mm -hmm. if she lets Rick go and he fights Grundy, everybody's fucked. You needed Rick to throw people through the bars to really kind of like, uh, yeah, that could have really gone sideways. Uh, Beth is really kind of the one that is holding this team together. And uh, yeah, she's doing great work. Is she your star of the episode, Pete? Uh, no, uh, Mikey is my star of the episode. Uh, honorable mention to Beth, but Mikey um, just showing his heart, you know, telling Jesus his, Christ. connecting with his dad and then reaching out to his sister and then being slapped in the face by his sister who refuses to tell him the truth, even though he's trying everything he can to be a good brother. And he did all of that making a, a pizza, like tossing pizza dough in the air, catching it. I wish. <laughs> Fuck you. 
And uh, ending the episode when he like was sucking on a cheesesteak, I thought was really cool. <laughs> pizza shark motherfucker. You don't got a cool T-shirt like that, uh, Justin. Who's your star? Got to give it up to Henry. I mean, uh, sad to see him go, but to your point that you just said that um, he. But went you from... love watching him leave, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh come on! Uh, I, you said he went from being a regular high school thug to, um, to caring for him. And that happened truly in this episode. Like at the beginning of this episode, he was still like, you know, probably villainous, but we don't didn't quite know. And we get to see him sort of be so vulnerable throughout it and then become a hero who sacrificed himself to keep the team together. It was was good. Uh, I got to give it up for Courtney this episode, I think. Uh, She made a bunch of mistakes, but... Very funny stuff at the beginning when she was making excuses. I, as usual, loved the action. I love the fact, which we didn't really talk about that much, that she ran into danger without anything. Like, she did not have the cosmic staff. She just had her costume, and that's it. And I certainly felt like when I was watching that, she doesn't have any superpowers. What is she going to do? She doesn't even have, like, Wildcat super suit or anything. But they sold it. Badass gymnastic uh, abilities, man. Exactly. Well, that's what I'm saying. And I think it's impressive to see that in action with or without the staff. She also clearly is inspiring people in a real way. I was also very struck by the scene when everybody runs up to the bars and she's leading them up front that this is a team show, but it is still called Stargirl. And she is very much front and center of everything. So I think they're doing a good job of that. They're doing a great job of balancing everything. And a lot of that is down to Breck Bassinger's performance that is doing uh, Star Girl Justice. So I'm very happy about that. Nice. Next episode, Shining Night. There you go. Buckle if up. you want to support this podcast, patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday at 7 p.m. to Crowdcast at YouTube. Come hang out and chat about Stargirl. We would love to talk about it. iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe and listen to the show. Uh, star at Star Guys Pod on Twitter. Facebook and Instagram, comicbookclublive.com for this podcast and more. Until next time, this is the Star Guys, signing off. <laughs> <laughs>